And um, we're going to go ahead and move into the uh, message portion of this service tonight. And I'd like you to stand with me as we read from the book of Matthew. Amen. We stand in reverence for the word of the Lord. Matthew chapter number 6 and verse number 9. No doubt we, you have read this particular passage of scripture on numerous occasions. You've heard it preached and taught from. And we're going to move into this tonight. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 9. If you have to say amen. 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 Wait for a few more. Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 9. And this is the Lord giving instruction to the people how to pray. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven. And I'll say from the very beginning how every single word of this prayer is very important and very pertinent to the discussion and the lesson tonight. And we'll dive into that in greater detail as the night moves forward. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And I'm going to... Uh, talk tonight on this simple thought, discoveries in prayer, discoveries in prayer. Amen. Would you pray with me one more time that God would speak to us tonight? Lord, we thank you for your presence that's here. We thank you for the word that is alive. We thank you for the spirit of God that is moving God. We want to mix the spirit and the word tonight. We want there to be demonstration, God. We want there to be Holy Ghost infusion that happens We want there to be revelation, God. We want there to be understanding tonight, Lord, in this house. I pray, God, you would help to uh, solidify our understanding of scriptures tonight. Help us to mature a little bit more in the scriptures tonight, God. Let this word, Lord, that we've read, let it go a little bit deeper in our hearts and in our minds, in our souls, in our church tonight, Lord. Let that word of God go deeper tonight. Let it go deeper, God. Let let us drive down the stakes into the earth, Lord, a little bit deeper tonight, God. Let us solidify some understandings tonight of prayer and what it means, Lord, in our lives and in our church, Lord. Let us see implications of prayer. And, Lord, let there be discoveries in prayer tonight. As we move through this service, we give you glory and honor tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Thank you for standing. And I will say from the onset of this tonight, amen, that I am uh, teaching from an article that I found in my, my new Bible. Amen. I finally got my new Bible, the Premier Study Bible. Amen. And uh, there's an article written in there on prayer. And so I'm not going to try and take credit as if this was all my own uh, original thoughts. But um, I believe it's put there for a reason for us to be able to use it and to teach from it and to preach from it and to apply it to our lives. Um, But let me say from the beginning that prayer is simply and Prayer should be something that we hear often in church. Amen. We never want to get away from prayer. Uh, But prayer is simply communication with God. It is spiritual communication between God and man. And the opening scripture that we read from in Matthew 6, 9 through 13 is the pattern of the Lord's Prayer. Um, it's been said that this can this Lord's Prayer can be divided into six movements and then a final conclusion. The first three of those movements are focused upon God and his kingdom. And the, uh, the next three movements are focused on the one praying. And then the final conclusion of this prayer is a surrendering 
back of all things to God. A surrendering to God of all things that, uh, that we have in our control. Uh, and we're going to talk about that tonight. But as we look at the Lord's Prayer, and I have studied the Lord's Prayer many times. I've read, read it, and I felt like I got it. And then I began studying a little bit more about the Lord's Prayer and felt like, you know, I haven't even scratched the surface. There's so much in the Lord's Prayer that we can talk about tonight. And the first of which is the words that it starts out with, Our Father. It's Our Father uh, implying that there is no isolated Christianity. There has to always be a connectedness that we have one with another. When we talk about our Father, when we say those words, I'm reminded that if he's our Father, then you must be my brother and you must be my sister. And we have this connectedness. And implied in the our Father is a certain level of connectedness with the people of God. I thought about this before and I like uh, my dad, Bishop, if you just stand right over here. I want you to stand right here. Please. Amen. And my brother Paul, I want you to stand I'm going to show you a little bit of what happens when you begin to talk about our father. If I'm asking my dad, this is my dad, in case you don't know, everyone knows that, this is my dad. If I ask my dad, dad, I really like that necktie. I wonder if I could have that tie. He's going to, he'll probably want to give it to me because he loves me and he, and he appreciates me as his son. Uh, but I still stand alone. But if, if my brother Paul would come here and we would say, uh, our, our father, our dad, see, we're united right now. We're coming together and we're asking you for your necktie. It did, see how it takes on a whole different context? Thank you. You can be seated. It takes on a whole different context because when you begin to pray our father, there has to be a certain level of unity in that prayer. And I began thinking about this uh, in prayer earlier before this service began tonight. And I began praying, Brother Nate, our Father. And as I was walking back and forth praying, our Father, I couldn't help but think you're my brother. And I cried. And I wept. Because you are my brothers and you are my sisters. And when I come before his throne with my arm around my brother Paul and I'm talking to my dad. Or I'm coming before his throne and I have my arm around my dad and I'm talking to our father. I, I, there, there, has, there, there, there must be a level of unity amongst the people of God. There must be a level of connectedness. I'm connected to you because he's our dad. He's our father. And, and, I, and I have a, I have a, uh, a, unif- a unified connectedness relationship with my brothers and my sisters. And when I approach him, I recognize that he's not just mine, but he's ours. And together we're serving him. And I've got to stay connected to you. You've got to stay connected to me. And there cannot be an isolated Christianity. The person that says within themselves, well, I'll just have church by myself tonight at my house. The, The person that says, well, I'll just I'll just set up my own Bible study tonight. I'll just have church by myself. I'll just. I won't go to prayer. I'll just do it all by myself. There's got to be that level of you can live for God on your own. But there's also got to be the understanding that, you know what? I need my brothers and I need my sisters. I've got to be connected. I I cannot live uh, in an isolated uh, island, if you will. But I've got to stay connected one with another. I've got to stay connected to my brother and my sister. Christianity is a communal thing. Christianity is, is, is being connected to my brother and to my sister. It's not just living for God all by myself and never having relationship or communion or fellowship one with another. You cannot live for God in a vacuum. 
You cannot live for God in a vacuum and think that, uh, you know, I got the Holy Ghost and now I, I can just do everything by myself. I still need my brother and I still need my sister. That when I approach his throne, he's, he's recognizing a certain level of unity. And it's our Father which art in heaven. It's God you are ours. And we're united. And we're coming before your throne. And God is looking down and God is listening. My prayer is one day I'll have another child. And I know that when I have another child, they're going to get into some fights. They're going to get into some arguments. And I'll say like my parents told me and my brothers, can't you guys just get along? Can't you just stop fighting and just love one another? Can't you just hug your brother? And that's the desire of a parent. Is that their kids will just love each other and get along and stop fighting. And and, and me and my brother's cases, stop wrestling and punching each other in the nose and and, you know, doing all the crazy stuff. Love, love each other. Love one another. And that's the desire of a parent. And when a, when a parent sees its child, their, their children that are together united and they're, they're coming before their, their parent and they're saying, uh, our father, we, this is something that we want to bring before your attention. I guarantee that that gets the attention of every parent when their children come together united and they're saying, mom, dad. We, we come together. We're united. We, we want to tell you something. That parent, if they got a good heart, is going to take the time, stop what they're doing, and listen to the, those children because there's a unity. And when we get to praying, there's got to be a unity. There's got to be a connectedness one with another where we say, Our Father, we need you. I'm not doing this by myself, God. I've got the connection. I've got the help of my brother and my sister. And I'm coming before you. We're coming before you, Lord. And we need you. We want your attention tonight. Every good parent, amen, stops what they're doing and says, Yes, children, what is it that the, that you, you've gotten together and agreed about and you want to talk to me about? You've got my attention. Once spirit-filled, amen, that person, that child of God, it becomes a part of the body, becomes connected to the body, amen. The hand doesn't just take off and run all, all over the place by itself, but the body moves, amen, in, in one accord in unison. And there's there's certain a level of power and authority that comes with the, the unified body. And when the body of Christ is unified, and they're coming before the Lord, and they're saying, oh God in heaven, we want revival, we want want the touch of the Holy Ghost in our church, in our families, in our cities. I do believe that the God of heaven stops and says, I see some unity. What is it that you're praying about? I want to answer that prayer. And we've got to understand it's our Father. You're my brother. You're my sister. Not one time in the Lord's Prayer is the words pronouns I or me mentioned. In a prayer, oftentimes we think of coming to God and saying, God, I've been thinking. This is something I need, Lord. God, I want you to, it's me, oh Lord. We've sang that song. It's me, oh Lord. Stand in the need of prayer. But in the Lord's prayer, there's no I's and me's. In fact, the three pronouns that are used in the Lord's prayer is our, us and we. And they're all plural. Thus one who presumes to do everything in seclusion is deceived. You can't exist living for God in seclusion. We cannot exist living for God in seclusion. We need each other and we also need other churches. When there's a church conference that's going on in the neighboring area, you do yourself a disfavor by not going to that conference. Right. You do yourself a huge disfavor by not attending, for instance, uh, No Limits in, in Elk Grove or San Jose Camp Meeting at First Church or Landmark here in Stockton. We need to get out and see. I got there's a whole big picture that that is going on right now. There, there's a big church that is that God is building and establishing. And when I come together with other people of like minded faith, uh, I can see, you know what? They, I, they can do it. I can do it. Right. 
And, and I get strength from that. And, I, and I've got to understand that it's our Father. I'm not living my Christianity walk in seclusion and in a vacuum. But I've got to stay connected. Prayer is not a regression into self-isolation. But it is an entrance into the sacred halls of connectivity of self to God. To His mission. And to the well-being of His people. Prayer, amen, will cause you to think about, amen, uh, it'll think about the church. When you begin to pray, you begin thinking about the family of God. Every time that I come to, here to the church house to pray, without fail, every time I come to this place and I pray here, I'm thinking, God, I wonder how that family's doing. God, would you touch that family? And, and we begin praying for one another. We get to the house of God and we begin praying. We begin to realize, you know what? Our church still supports missions. So I need to give to missions on my next paycheck. I need to write out another check for missions and sponsor the missions in Portugal and Brazil and Thailand. And I need to get I need to get involved. And in prayer, our minds are starting to connect the dots to what it's all about. And we stop seeing that it's just me and my little world. But I am a part of something big. When I was praying earlier here, even here tonight, amen, I felt to call a family in our church that I was concerned about. I even felt uh, to call, and I did call another fellow minister, but prayer brings connectivity to the rest of the body. Prayer is a thing that brings connectivity. People that are become disconnected uh, and they become uh, apart from the church, Uh, It probably most of the times is a result of a lack of prayer because in the time of prayer, in the time of consecration before the Lord, you begin thinking about, you know what? My God is so good. I'm so in love with God. He's been so good. I wonder what Brother Paul's doing. I wonder what Brother Nathan's doing. You know what? I'm just going to pray for them tonight. And in the time of prayer, we begin to get connected to the the vine, amen, to the branches, amen, to the head. We we feel that connectivity beginning to, to come up in our prayer life. We've got to pray. Our Father. Our Father. When you pray those words and you start out praying, Our Father, I want you to think about Brother Danny. I want you to think about Sister Dee and think of thinking about the, uh, the other brothers and sisters of the church. It's our Father. Oh God, we're coming together and we're beseeching your throne. God, the abundant life sinners here and we're asking you, God, uh, collectively, would you hear our prayer? We're united in our purpose. We're united in our praise, God. We want the touch of the Holy Ghost. We want the touch of your Spirit. And the term... Father is used. It's our Father. Father is used because seeing God as a Father in the deepest and most tender relational reality, it enjoins a healthy sense of of helping to shape your view of life and of God. When you come before Him and you recognize He's my Father, it's it's Abba Father. It's that that dad dad that a little baby says to its to its daddy for the first time. And I was privileged to hear that. Amen. My baby's being a distraction. Don't mind her. But she said it some time ago. Dad dad, dad dad. I thought, man, that's cool. If she could talk beyond that, she said, Dad, I want blah, 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 blah. I would say, you got it, baby. Whatever you want. But we come up for it's, it's, it's Father. It's our Father. And there's a closeness that we have with Him. He's not waiting to beat us up over the head. He loves this church. He loves you more than your earthly father loved you. Lacking this relationship of father to child uh, can trigger feelings of inadequacy or non-acceptance or of abandonment. Amen. Without having that connection and understand that it's our father. He's he's our father. Uh, I didn't have a father, but he's become a father to me. He's become a, a real daddy to me. He's becoming a real person that I can love and I can trust and I can bear my soul to and I can be vulnerable, vulnerable in his presence. 
And you don't have to walk around feeling inadequate, amen, or feel like you're not accepted or feel like you've been abandoned because He is a heavenly Father. He is an everlasting Father. And He loves His children when they reach out to Him and they simply say, Dada, Father, I'm a Father, I love you. We love you, Lord. We praise you today. We worship you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I wonder if we could take a few moments and just tell him right now. Oh God, we love you tonight. Thank you. Our Father, when that day is in heaven, we love you. Our Father, we love you. God, we're connected one with another. We understand that you want a relationship with us. We understand, God, that you desire fellowship. That you love us, God. In spite of our failures. You love us, Lord. And we love you tonight. It's Romans 8 and 15 that says, But ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The closest thing to this in the English language is Dada. Which is the most innocent, trusting, baby talk possible. It's innocence. And when we begin to pray our Father, it's a return to innocence. It's a return to purity. When we begin to pray our Father, it's a return to that state of a child. That there's innocence there. She doesn't know the wickedness of this world yet. The vile vices of sin. It's innocence. We come before him. God begins to clothe us. And God begins to cover us. And the Song of Solomon uh, said, I came into the banqueting room and his banner over me was love. His banner over me was love. He saw me walk into that palace, that, that banquet room. And what, he's, what was the emblem that word that was hanging over me was love. He saw a deity. He saw a Noah. And over your head was love. He said, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. It's a beautiful thing. But we can get into God's presence. I have, I'm not going to probably be able to get to all the notes, but... It's a beautiful thing, Sister Rain, where we can get to God's presence. And we sometimes don't have the words to articulate how good he is and how much he means to us. And we talk to him. And it might be you get to pray and you just start with our Father and you just pray that for an hour. You say, God, I didn't have a dad like you, God. I never felt so connected to a family like I do when I get to the house of God. God, I thank you for the innocence that you can bring back to me. You can restore the things that the devil stole from me. You can restore some things in my life, God. You've been so good. And I'm thankful tonight, God, for my brothers and my sisters. I'm thankful that we've got a Father in heaven that loves us, that cares for us. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Which art in heaven is a recognition of God's immensity. Amen. And it comes first in order of sequence over all other aspects of prayer. Focus uh, of our attention must not be upon the problems that you and I face on a day-to-day basis. Amen. I'm going to say that again. The focus of our attention must not be only upon the problems on a day-to-day basis but somewhere in the beginning of our prayer time we've got to lift up our eyes as the psalmist said unto the hills from which cometh my help my help comes from the Lord the maker of heaven and earth he will not suffer my foot to be moved amen he will will keep me he will keep me and it is which art in heaven Amen. Not on the problems, but on the vastness of the one true and living God. The God of the heavens. So you've got a problem tonight. So you've got an ailment. 
humility in your body. Stop looking at the problem and start looking up and say, Oh, our Father, which art in heaven. God, you're a great God. You're in charge of everything. You've got it all figured out. There's nothing too hard for you. You are the one, after all, God, that said, let there be light, and there was light. You are the one that divided the waters from the waters. You are the God that spoke the world into existence. And my little ailment, my little handicap, my little human frailty is no match for your greatness. Because you're in charge. You're in control. And I stop looking at my problems. Amen. I refuse to look. Amen. At the fact. Amen. That I'm going to be without a job in two months. Amen. I'm not going to stop paying tithe. I'm not going to stop giving offerings. I'm going to give some more. And I'm going to be faithful. Because my eyes are fixed on Him. Amen. He knows the way that I take. He's the one that spoke everything into existence. I'll do what I can, but I'm not going to focus on my problem. I'm not going to get depressed looking at my problem. I'm going to say, God, I'm looking back in time. You provided for me once, twice, three times, four times, till I lost count. I know you're going to do it again. I'm looking unto Jesus. I'm looking unto Jesus. I'm looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. Hallelujah. He's the one that's in charge. And in order for your prayers to be effective, you've got to have that attitude adjustment. Amen. To, to, that has to first be resolved in your prayer life. Will you stop looking at the problems and the sickness and the turmoil and the distress and you just begin looking up and say, God, you're in charge. You're in charge of everything. I trust in you, Lord. I'm looking unto Jesus tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. He's worthy of our praise. Even though we know that we cannot make God larger than He already is, we must make Him larger in our minds. You cannot improve on perfection, as one preacher said. You're not going to make God any bigger. But in your mind... Oftentimes, it's your mind that needs the adjusting. The man that looks through the binoculars that has not been set, the picture that they're looking at, it doesn't change. The object that they're looking at doesn't change. When they first look through those uncalibrated binoculars, if you will, that picture, that object... It might look really far away. It might look blurry. They might not be able to understand what it is they're looking at. But as they be able, as they begin to fine tune, they begin to calibrate, and they begin to adjust those binoculars. They begin to see, you know what? That is a uh, that that's a lot bigger than I thought it was. And in our minds, we've got to do that. We've got to begin to say, uh, "Thou art our Father which art in heaven." I'm beginning to adjust the, the binoculars. I'm beginning to see him a little bit more clearly. I'm beginning to uh, let him become, come in full view. And I'm focusing upon him. And that's all that I see. And then God begins to work in my heart and in my life and in my mind. And suddenly the problems that seem so big, now they seem so small. And the God of heaven seems so great and greatly to be praised. And bigger than all my problems. Bigger than all my struggles. Bigger than the storm. Bigger than the trials. He begins to pale in comparison to all of the things that I'm up against. Because I begin to bring him into focus. I begin to bring his glory into focus. I begin to look upon him on the ends of the earth. That I might be saved. Amen. From my circumstances. Hallelujah, whatever you're in tonight, whatever you come facing tonight, I'm going to challenge you. Amen. Stop looking at the problem. Stop looking at the difficulty and start looking on Jesus. Look on 
on Jesus. Look on Jesus. Look on Jesus. He's the author. He's the finisher of our faith. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Yalala boko shatalaba. Horaba shandoko Hallelujah. God wants somebody to stop looking at their problems. Stop looking at your problems. Stop. All you see is a problem. All you see is a fault. All you see is the, the, the human frailty. All you can see is, is that I can't get over uh, this sickness or this illness or I can't get over uh, this, this financial wall or barrier. Stop looking at the problems and start looking upon the God. Amen. That is in charge. He's in control of everything. The heavens are his throne. And the earth is his footstool. The heavens declare the glory of God. And the firmament showeth his handiwork. That's the God that I'm preaching about tonight. He's a God that has all power. He's a God that's in charge. He's a God that can heal every sickness, every disease. Provide for every financial need. He's a God that can. He's in charge tonight. Hallelujah. Come on, clap your hands one more time. muscles the mind must be stretched regularly to have any concept of the immeasurability of God here is where faith rises and problems begin to shrink problems begin to pale in comparison but it's in the beginning part of the Lord's prayer amen when you begin to say okay God you're in heaven you're looking down upon me. You see everything. You got the bird's eye view. You see, you, you know the paths that I take. He knows the ways that I take. My faith begins to rise. And I begin to realize, you know what? He's in, he is in charge. I begin to realize, you know what? God's got it all figured out. And if I'll just trust him, and if I'll be like Peter and just keep my eyes upon him, I will walk on the impossibilities that are all around me. I'll walk on impossibilities if I'll keep my eyes fixed upon Jesus. Amen. So you're going through a trial today. So you're going through a problem today. Look unto Jesus. Look unto Jesus. Look unto him. Hallelujah. It's thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. We are to align our prayer with what is on God's mind. Not what is first on our own minds. When we come to pray, it's not God. I got an aching back. I got a troubled relationship. I got a Stubbed toe, I got a flat tire. It's God. I want your will in this where I live, in my family, in my church, in my life. I want your will, God. In fact, God, I want your will so bad in my life, I'm willing to lose all of my identity in finding the will of God. 
I'm willing, God, to allow my, myself to be, uh, my identity to be lost in finding divine purpose. Because there's divine purpose, Brother Noah, for your life. And when I begin seeking God, I say, God, I want your will to be done. I want your kingdom to come. Amen. I, I begin to put my eyes upon God. What do you want to, out of this relationship? A father, son, father, daughter, whatever it is. God, what do you want from my life? I want to get lost in your purpose. I want to lose myself in the kingdom of God coming to this earth. It's not about me. It's not about my own goals and dreams and ambitions and desires. It's God, what do you want from my life? God, what do you want for the church? God, what do you want for this world? And how can I facilitate that kingdom coming. In this place of prayer, the posture of the one praying is of one who faces outward. In this portion of the prayer, amen, the posture of the praying man or woman is one who's facing outward, away from self. Amen. And he's bonding and losing oneself in divine purpose. Can you say that tonight? That when you got to praying, you lost yourself in divine purpose. Maybe you came to church and you, you had some needs. Maybe you came to church and you had some problems. But if you allow yourself to get lost in the Holy Ghost, and God begins to speak to you and says, you know what? I want you to do this for the kingdom of God. I forgot about my problems that came up. I forgot about my troubles. I forgot about the person that lied on me, that cheated on me, that stole from me. I forgot about the person that offended me. I forgot about that, that mishap that I had on the road. I forgot about all that. And now, God, all I'm thinking about is how can I do the will of God? God, how can I do the will of God? What more can I do, God? I want to do your will. I want the will of God in my life. I want to get lost doing the will of God. I want people to look at my life and say, there goes a man that's in pursuit of the will of God. Amen. There goes a man, there goes a woman that they got their eyes fixed on Jesus and God's working through them and they're busting hell. Amen. They're busting through walls and they're breaking through barriers and God's helping them and they've, they've just been consumed with doing the will of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I can't help but think on, on all those Sunday mornings, Sister Dee, when you come to church, driving the van, bringing people to church. Devil hates that. God loves it. God, I, I have an ability, I have the talent, I, I have time, I have whatever. Use me, God. Let your kingdom come. How can I be involved in the kingdom of God? For some, like Sister D, it may just be just drive. Just drive a van. For somebody else, it may be just teach a Bible study. Just tell that person about the Lord. Just get involved in a ministry at church. Just get plugged into what God's doing. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Lose yourself in divine purpose. Lose yourself in divine purpose. I want his will for my life. And when you lose yourself in divine purpose, it prevents obsessions with one's own issues. When you're busy doing the will of God and you're busy driving people to church and you're encouraging them and you're helping them to live for God and you're teaching Bible studies and you're, and you're involved in ministry, there's no time to get involved in gossip. There's no time to get involved in petty things because I'm busy working for God. I'm busy doing the will of God. I'm losing myself in divine purpose. And in this portion of prayer, it's looking outward from self, saying, God, what is your will? What is your kingdom, God? I want it to come. I want the will of God for Abundant Life Center. I want the will of God for our church. And I'll lose myself. 
I'll lose my identity finding divine purpose. There's power that happens when someone says, I'm caring more about myself. Just God, what do you want from me? God, just give me a soul to teach a Bible study to. I'm going to have problems, God. I may always have problems, but God, I'm not going to look at my problems. I'm going to look upon you and I'm going to say, God, let me get involved. God, I'm not going to look at all of my handicaps and all of my shortcomings and say I'm not a Bible scholar, therefore I can't teach a Bible study. God, I'm just going to just get in the Word and I'm going to study the Bible and I'm going to just share truths that I've learned and that I know. And God, let me be a part. I want to lose myself. In divine purpose, I want your kingdom to come. I want your will to be done. Here, the perfection of heaven enters earth. The coming of the kingdom in pristine perfection becomes a prayer priority. There is a perfect pattern that God has for abundant life center. You're a part of it. There is a perfect pattern that God has for this church your family. You're a part of it. It's And it has to be understanding and recognizing God, I'm not perfect. I'm not where I need to be yet. But God, in prayer and in preaching and word, I saw I saw a vision of it, God. And I saw that you want me to stop doing this and start doing that. Because i got to come into perfect alignment. I've got to I've got to get to that pristine condition of perfection that you designed me to live in. And God helped me to make those adjustments that I might reveal to this world what the kingdom of heaven looks like on earth. When someone looks at our lives, they should see that's what heaven looks like. A lot of times we think about heaven, we think it's uh, it's just as far off place that we, we hope we go to one day, and uh, we don't really know what it's like. Uh, we, we may never know. Uh, we, we, it's so far off, it's hard to fathom. But can I tell you tonight that it's the will of God that the kingdom of heaven come in your life. And that your life begin to model what heaven is like. Your, your world begins to model what heaven's like. Amen. That the world around us could see. You know, when I look at your life, I see what Jesus looks like. When I look at your family and I look at uh, your world, I see what the kingdom of heaven looks like. I see order. I see happiness. I see blessings. I see the hand of God. And the world should see that model of perfection. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Here also is supplication for the health of the local church, for the pastoral leadership, for missionaries, and for lost humanity. I need your prayers every day. Our missionaries, Brother Oscar and Aaron Rodriguez of Portugal, need our prayers. The Alviars in Brazil need our prayers. They need our prayers. They need our prayers. Here in this part of prayer comes intercession. As Romans 8.26 says, with groanings which cannot be uttered. We're praying for something that is outside of ourself. We're, we've, we've made the posture away from self towards the world, towards others. And in that place of prayer can enter that stage that's that uh, that place of intercession where you can begin praying God I feel a burden so deep in my soul right now for Brother Rodriguez in Portugal I don't know what he's dealing with God but I'm just praying and that, that burden begins to get stronger and deeper and you begin to moan and groan and sometimes roll on the floor just lay out on the floor just calling out God I pray touch Brother Rodriguez in Portugal God God help the Rodriguez family in Portugal send revival God strengthen Brother Oscar and Sister Aaron Rodriguez and intercession comes and then God touch our pastor I don't know what he's facing but God would you strengthen him and his, his wife would you touch our pastor 
It's intercession that wants to begin to come up, amen, from the ground, from the soil of our prayer lives as God begins to put our minds upon others in our world that need your prayers, that need your spiritual support. Jesus, touch and minister, Lord, to those in this world that are ministering, that are planting churches. Touch my brother across the aisle. The family that I haven't seen in a few weeks. God, don't let them be lost. Touch them. Restore them. Move in their lives. I conclude with this and we'll just continue this next week. In true visionary prayer, one can't see or envision the thing in its infinite perfection. That is, sees a thing that is as it is created in the mind of God. To see something as God created it in its original state of perfection. And praying for that. To see in the spirit. The perfect. Creates a discontentment with the flawed condition of that which exists. Physical ailments. Wrecked lives. Broken homes. Parentless children. Spiritually impoverished are all forms of imperfection. That when we get in the Holy Ghost for the day. Say, God, you didn't intend it to be that way. I want, God, I want you to restore some things to that family. I want you to restore some things, God, to, to our city, God. It's not the will of God that people go uh, for long periods of time without hearing the gospel preached. God, let this word be preached throughout this city. Intercession. Intercession. I believe that God wants this church to enter into a place of intercession where we stop thinking about ourselves and we say God that missionary around the world my pastor across town my brother my sister in the other neighborhood God God would you work for them would you help them tonight I'd like for us to stand to our feet as we close here tonight and I'd like us to pray for a few moments. And I'm wondering tonight if we could just simply pray for a couple of our missionaries. Amen. I know I've mentioned them a few times, but I'd like for us to pray for the Rodriguez family in Portugal. And I'd like us to pray for the Alviars in Brazil. And I'd like for us to just simply pray, God, whatever they're going through, whatever they're dealing with, strengthen them. Sister Alviar and Brother Alviar have been battling physical ailments for a number of months now, maybe even years. Amen. The Brother Rodriguez, Brother Paul got to visit them some years ago, some time back. And they're, they're digging it out. They're working for God. But they need our prayers tonight. I'd like for us to take some time and just, I'd like us to pray right now. Amen. Could you do that with me tonight? Let's just pray for our missionaries in this place tonight. Jesus, we lift up our voices right now in praise. Jesus, we lift up our voices right now in this church. Our Father, which art in heaven. Our Father, which art in heaven tonight. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Lord, we pray, God, for Brother Oscar and Sister Aaron Rodriguez in Portugal. We ask you, Lord, to extend your reach, your hand upon their work in Portugal. Give them revival, God. Give them strength, God. And break through in that city that they're laboring for the Lord in. Touch their physical bodies tonight. We pray, Lord, right now for Brother Raul and Sister Janice Alviar in Brazil. We're praying, God, by the power of the Holy Ghost, Lord, that you would strengthen Brother Raul and Sister Janice Alviar. Let the work of God go forth. Let it go forward in Brazil. In every city, in every countryside, in every neighborhood, in every place that they plan a church or a work or a Bible study or establish a preaching point. God, would you strengthen them? Would you have the 
revival. Strengthen them. Minister, Lord. God, pour out your spirit, God, in Portugal, in Brazil, in Thailand. Pour out your spirit, God, in the name of Jesus. You are our Father. You are our God and our Lord. We love you, Lord. Send the rain. Send the rain. Send the rain. Send the rain. Send the rain of your Spirit, God, to Portugal, to Brazil. Let our church have, Lord, world reach, God. Let our church have a reach that crosses borders and boundaries and barriers and crosses oceans. Let our prayers cross language barriers and reach, Lord, across cultural divides and touch the people in Portugal, touch the people in Brazil. in San Francisco in Los Angeles Lord pull out your spirit God in every state of the United States of America in the North American continent Lord in South America in Central America God in Asia in Europe God in Jesus' name. Send it down, Lord. Send it down, Lord. God. Send down the rain of the Holy Ghost. Oh, we're not looking at our problems for a few moments. We're looking unto Jesus. And we're looking on the fields that are wide to harvest. Lead us to those that are hungry. Let your kingdom come. Let heaven be modeled in my home. Let Jesus be modeled in my life. Send it down, Lord. Send it down, Lord. Send it down, Lord. Jesus. 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 Jesus.